Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That aluminum foil dragon, though, he's not quite as strong as the rest, but boy, is he kind. Welcome, listener, to the Lore Boys. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer, uh, and with me today is Peter O'Donoghue. Hi! Uh, and James uh, Haley Joel Osmond Miller. Oh, man. <laughs> Hi! I, now I'm just, I, now I have to have that conversation in the Discord when everybody goes and looks at photos. <laughs> Thanks a lot, dude. Everyone's <laughs> gonna know. Everyone's gonna know right away. They're yeah. gonna be like, oh, you know what? You're right. They're gonna say, Ethan, you know what? You are right. The yeah. current trend of uh, whatever people think you're into is kind of too weird. So if we could shift the, if we could change the weather a bit, I think I'd be. Yeah, it's got to be better than what people are saying about in the, about you in the Discord now, right? Yeah, I'm not willing. I don't take too much stock with someone who has an anime girl as their profile pick. So I'm not too worried. <laughs> oh, yeah. which is which is which is half the Discord to be yeah. fair. So. Yeah, I have an animated no in here. picture of myself as my uh, profile yeah. pick. So I guess I'm just as not credible, but. Pete's my favorite manga artist. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, mangaku or something. I bet you there's like a word for it. Uh, well, like, like what a manga artist actually is, probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by a word for it, I just mean the Japanese word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking about uh, the Feywild from Dungeons & Dragons today. Technically from Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition. Before the fourth edition, there was similar areas in the D&D canon, uh, but they were usually called like the Plain of Fairies or something like that. Whereas uh, the canonical Feywild, as we know it today, um, was introduced with 4E. So uh, this was a request from Sketchy Jesus on the Discord. Uh, if you guys want to uh, hear your topics talked about by we three Goombas, uh, head on over to the Discord. There's a link in the description of this episode, and you can head on to the Lore Requests channel, um, where you can just post anything, and if we like it, we might talk about it, like yep. I'm doing right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good. I hope you request something I already wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. All you need is just to go to loreboys.com slash about, get in the Discord, upload your favorite anime girls, your profile pic, and just yeah, yeah. get engaged <laughs> with the community. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess Talk. it goes to a belated happy anniversary to uh, Sketchy Jesus and his girlfriend as well, because he did use his Patreon privileges to request a shout out, uh, but that did not change the order in which we recorded. So here you go, buddy. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it was. This is definitely. A, I think Jamie and Peter would agree that this is a, a me episode. I think I'm the only one to have ever done Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, and you just uh, Sketchy, you just asked for it, like while I was writing the episode and two days before we recorded my episode. And I was like, there's no way I have time to get a script out for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I started working on it for the next episode, which is this one here. 
so the Feywild. Uh, do you guys want to take any Feywild guesses as to what it's all about? Maybe uh, take a crack at describing what you think this plane of existence in the Dungeons & Dragons canon might be? It's a lot of blues and purples, and there's like fairies, and there's like forests, and like spirits and stuff. Yeah, I mean, none of those things are are wrong. Like, all, all a lot of blues and purples, and a lot of greens, uh, and probably every other color. Um, <laughs> probably all the same colors that we have in the Prime Material Plane, which is more like uh, Earth, uh, as we know it. Uh, just probably more colorful, generally. Colors are probably brighter, more vibrant, uh, more varied, uh, more changing, things like that. It's like the rainforest, basically. It's, it's like Brazil. Not necessarily. So again, there are uh, forests, and they are, like, it's not that the features are, are necessarily different than, than Earth, uh, where the Earth has rainforests, like in Brazil. It also has deserts, and it also has cities. Uh, the Feywild probably would as well. <laughs> naturally occurring cities. <laughs> uh, naturally occurring and otherwise, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would you say an anthill was the OG original city, original uh, naturally occurring city? No, I'd probably give that to like a coral or something. Okay, I like coral. I give yeah, it to yeah. Waluigi, the the primordial be- the primordial <laughs> man. <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it's it has kind of similar landscapes. Uh, they just tend to have like a lot more exaggerated features, um, and we'll get into why those features are exaggerated. But um, I guess based my guess off of a, a zone in the late in Shadowlands World of Warcraft retail, the latest one that came out, because okay. there's a whole race called the Fae, and they're just little fairy people. And I figured yeah. Blizzard probably stole it from somewhere. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, well. Uh, We'll get into so the the Fey are the is the name of the creatures who inhabit the Fey Wild from from D anD didn't actually look up if the term where like where the term Fey comes from, uh, but I'm sure it it comes from like ancient like meaning fairies like a Renaissance or medieval era meaning I, fairy. <laughs> I can I can Jamie pull up the clip because I think it's Irish. Yeah, uh, very very well could be for sure, and like the the D anD D canon two will have some uh, recognizable figures from uh, real world. Uh, fiction it's a funny phrase um <laughs> who are who are basically characters or creatures in or ca- fey creatures or fey characters all you juggalos and juggalettes fey go is actually fairy juice for the yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jug- uh, juggalo is a race of fey creatures within the fey wild okay. Absolutely. Well, that's fifth, fifth edition D and is you can yeah, be yeah. a half you can be like a half juggalo fighter or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah it's Half man, half uh, clown, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoop whoop. Yeah. Whoop whoop. Um. Anyway, uh, I was gonna say I did. I did. Jamie pull up the clip. Uh, the etymology is uh, 16th century English for fairy, and it yeah. is the first half of fairy, which used to be spelled F A E R I E. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, medieval. Um. So. Starting at the top, I guess, the Feywild is a plane mirroring the prime material plane within the Great Wheel. Uh, Jamie and Peter, if you guys want to learn more about the Great Wheel, I think go back and listen to maybe our first D&D episode, which was like our 18th or 19th episode overall. Season finale or something? Was it the season? Four and a half years ago? Was it the season finale? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I can't listen to my voice before I hit puberty, so I'm not going to (laughs) listen Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Can't go back to the dark times. No. Uh, So the the Feywild is a plane fueled by powerful magics, drawn from the very emotions of its inhabitants, 
And as such, it is subject to rapidly changing landscapes and contains a host of denizens all tapped into those magics. So it seems like the essence of the plane itself is tied to the emotions of the people who live there. So that's why when you get um, forests in the Feywild, the trees tend to be like much, much larger and it tends to be much more like Byzantine and harder to navigate because that's how the creatures who would live in that forest want it to be. Oh okay. So them just wanting those things kind of shapes the world around them much more directly, like, or I guess more, much more indirectly than needing to actually, you know, grow trees big. It's just wanting it is enough. Enough people wanting the same thing is enough to make it happen there, essentially. That's kind of scary. Yeah, so you, you don't need to water them anymore. <laughs> like mob mentality, like a, a storm could just start brewing like above a city who's angry or something. Like, yeah. that, that seems really scary yeah exa- exactly so there's the, there is this whimsical beauty all those blues and purples that you you mentioned jamie um kind of like glossing over it where it is very fairy like um and and it is very like magical but at the same time it is incredibly dangerous and there is like a, a dark side where there's uh you know negative emotions uh and like creatures who just like there's evil creatures in the fey wild who want to feed on you know, the good and, and prey on them and, and prey on the, the weak kind of thing. So don't go to the uh, grumpy side of town. That's it's very, yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> this is all very familiar because I know, I think R.A. Salvatore, who has written a lot of like Forgotten Realms, like D&D books, yep. worked on Kingdoms of Amalur, that like RPG that no one remembered, but like just <laughs> recently got re-released called yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. Like, Re-Reckoning, yeah. If you haven't played it, I played it when it was new. It's good. Yeah. Um, but the races of elves in that are like the Seely Fae. So he just like oh, barely okay, yeah. mo- like barely modified the name of that that like that race uh, when just like control C, control V, d- like his Dungeons and Dragons work already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get into yeah, who what the Seely is and and uh, towards the end of the episode. But yeah, that's Seely Fae is basically good aligned Fae, whereas oh, okay. un Fae would be the evil Fae. And uh, and we'll get into why they yeah. why they're named that, and I, why do the goods get the, you know, the standalone? Why isn't the uh, the un uh, prefix for the the bad guys or the good guys? Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> never fair. No wonder they're bad guys. They get the short end of the stick all the time. Um. So the Feywild is known for its vistas and sweeping ethereal charm. It's always cloaked in the long shadowed light of dusk or dawn with the sun never truly rising nor setting past the horizon. So it's a lot like uh, the polar regions on Earth. Yes. Yeah. Um, but m- like maybe to like more of an extent where uh, it never tilts. So the sun just always kind of hovers. And the reason for that seems to be uh, to just draw long shadows and, and kind of give it that that beauty where nothing is ever laid bare in the light of day and nothing is ever like fully dark. Uh, as of night so uh there's always like a sense of like mystery to it is there a moon uh i don't know specifically okay. uh but like time and space in the in the Feywild, and we will get into it a bit later is is like really abstract it's more of like a suggestion okay. than uh hard and fast rules so uh even if there were like how light would reflect off the moon to cast light on the ground below is impossible to really say uh with like definitively but no, there's no like romantic sunset it's all romantic sun lows basically yeah exactly okay. um yeah usually you're you're in a forest or you're in a swamp or a bog or or, or somewhere uh where you wouldn't be able to fully appreciate it anyway take your lady out on a nice bog picnic <laughs> <laughs> immediately soaks through the blanket yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
You have to wait. You like, can keep your you can keep your wine chilled by just like pushing it six inches into the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to make sure to like put perfume down your your like what is it rubber socks or whatever so you don't smell yeah, too yeah. badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make sure to check where you're laying your blanket for bog bodies. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um. So a few common comparisons to the Feywild can be uh, Oz from The Wizard of Oz, uh, Wonderland from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, or the Spirit World from uh, the Avatar franchise. So it, it's very like I, I I like Oz or Wonderland uh, as points of reference. You know, the Cheshire Cat, all that stuff, the Smoking Caterpillar. It's all very inspired. Oh, okay. Which was inspired by which, and which came first? Uh, it's hard to tell, but also very. Um, Midsummer Night's Dream, things like that. Uh, you know, the the fairy king, the fairy queen. Yeah. Um, so it said that the Feywild was created by beings known as the Primordials or Dawn Titans. Uh, these are forces of godlike power made of entropy and raw elemental energy. The Primordials are as old as time. While Ao created the universe from the raw material of the Phlogiston, the Primordials rose from the elemental chaos unbidden. So... Ao uh, again, I think go back to our first D and D episode. Maybe it wasn't our first one. We I have talked about it a bit. The creation of the worlds in D and D. Yeah, it was one of our earlier episodes for sure. Uh, Ao is the the one who created all, and from him all all sprang. And then you have like the gods who kind of came from, as a result of him. Uh, but the primordials seem to have just like happened on their own, kind of risen up from that flooded or elemental chaos, kind of on their own. Okay. Um. So it's the timeline is obviously weird. Anytime you get into, uh, I mean, look at real world religion with what Methuselah living to like twelve hundred or something, and yeah, <laughs> Noah living to nine hundred and forty. But uh, especially when you get into fictional ones where it's you know usually not fleshed out, and it's usually from the point of a view of a fictional historian writing a fictional account of of what they think happened, um, it gets pretty messy. But it seems like the primordials kind of came to be on their own and ended up creating the the Feywild at some point. Uh, so a quote from the 4th edition Dungeon Master's Guide. The primordials form the world from the raw materials of the elemental chaos. Looking down on this work from the astral sea, the gods were fascinated with the world. Creatures of thought and ideal, the gods saw endless room for improvement in the primordials' work, and their imaginings took form and substance from the abundance of creation stuff still drifting in the cosmos. Life spread across the face of the world. The churning elements resolved into oceans and landmasses. Diffuse light became a sun and moon and stars. The gods drew astral essence and mixed it with the tiniest bits of creation stuff to create mortals to populate the world and worship them. Elves, dwarves, humans, and others appeared in this period of spontaneous creation. Resentful of the gods meddling in their work, the primordials began a war that shook the universe, but the gods emerged victorious and the world remains as they have shaped it. As the world took shape, the primordials found some pieces too vivid and bright and hurled them away. They found other pieces too murky and dark and flung them away as well. These discarded bits of creation clustered and merged, and formed together in echoes of the shaping of the world. As the gods joined in the act of creation, more ripples spread out into the Feywild and the shadow fell, bringing creatures to life there as echoes of the world's mortals. Thus the world was born with two siblings, the bright Feywild and the dark shadow fell. So uh, the primordials created uh, the world, which was one thing at first, the prime material plane was was one thing at the time. Uh, and if you look at the, the great wheel um, cosmology now, which kind of describes how the planes are uh, arrayed in Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, there's an inner sphere, which is the prime material plane where humans live. It's it's fantasy Earth, right? Uh, and then kind of right next to it, 
it is the Feywild and the Shadowfell within that inner sphere. And then as you go to the outer sphere, you get, you know, the realms of the gods, the, the realms of, uh, I think you get the four elements. So you get like earth, wind, water, and stone, uh, fires in there too. Oh, earth is stone. So fires, uh, one of them. But, uh, and then outside of that, you get the realms of the gods, you get the realms of demons, you get the realms of, of the devils, things like that. Um, yeah. So so the, how did the fate, like, like the, the primordial dudes, they're just putting stuff together. They're, they're being the builders. They're just like pure energy elements. Um, and then like, are the fate kind of like, uh, what are those things? Fruit flies that just show up like during (laughs) creation. Like you don't know how they got in, but they just start coming out of nowhere. Like, yeah. So spontaneous. (laughs) Yeah. Again, the timeline gets like a little messy, and I, I used a couple uh, sources here. So there's because it's all like it's hard to find like long histories of this. Because usually when somebody writes uh, one of these these books, they'll write like, oh, and and you know this happened then, and then they'll go on to something completely different because they're just trying to get like an entire world built rather than certain sections like fully fleshed out. Right. Yeah. Um. So that was the fourth edition Dungeon Master's Guide, and that like that excerpt is kind of just like a like a sidebar excerpt and that's like about as deep as it goes. Okay. There is a 2000 book, uh, 2006 book called a grand history of the realms. Uh, from that, we know that life had begun to spring up across the Feywild as a single mysterious creator race called the Fey. Uh, but at some point, basically the primordials created the, the one earth found some pieces of it too bright and some pieces of it too dark. So tore those pieces off and those created the mirror, the, like the mirrored realms of the Feywild and the shadow fell. Um, and left kind of earth as it is the gods created life not the primordials the gods kind of stood in opposition of the primordials where they were a direct creation of ao uh but the primordials kind of just rose up on their own and started doing things okay um so the gods created life because they wanted worshipers uh and the primordials didn't like it so they went to war that war is is an event called the dawn war uh which you know raised for thousands and thousands of years and the gods end up winning and casting the primordials into um like the back into the elemental chaos essentially so just like primordials don't really live uh here again if you go back to that one of our early early episodes i talk about how the world in dungeons and dragons is called aber toral at the beginning of time uh and now uh where you'll play your D campaign is just called toril and that's because when the dawn war was happening Ao ended up stepping in at the end and separates the primordials and the gods and gives Abir and splits the world into two, like two copies of each, of it, uh, and gives Abir to the primordials and then gives Toral to the gods. This so does you, sound like vague, vaguely, vaguely. Familiar. This was this it, was of course so four years ago. Like or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, for me too. I, I'm trying. To, I don't remember what information I actually gave. Like I didn't go back and listen to those old episodes, but. Um, and then it's kind of the the complexities are kind of compounded because uh, with each edition they've kind of revised the the histories and the stories and all that. Like I said, like it, before fourth edition, which came out in two thousand mid mid aughts, basically, uh, whereas D anD D was invented in the seventies. Um, before fourth edition, there was no Feywild, so like this story must have come about since then. And there was like older stories that existed in previous editions, which now are like not necessarily decanonized, just not officially canonized. And so we are kind of picking and choosing uh, which aspects we want. Um, but basically we're saying Primordial created the world, tore off the the extremes of it, 
and put them into the Feywild and the Shadowfell. Right. Yeah. Um, when the second half of your monster manual is like the New Testament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the D and D D guide. When the primordial yeah. was eating his banana, he took off those like long white strands and threw them in one pile, and the brown bits and threw them in another pile. And yeah. The fruit <laughs> exactly. flies that are the Feywild. That yeah. Exactly. The exactly. Yeah. yeah. He found that Ao found that parts of his banana were too dark. (laughs) Cast them out Uh, into space. (laughs) Um. So yeah. So uh, we know from that 2006 book, A Grand History of the Realms, that there was this kind of creator race in the in the Feywild, the original fruit flies in the Feywild. They were just called the Fey, which probably gave rise to the name the Feywild at some point, right? Like, um. These Fey eventually create more recognizable uh, entities, the Korids, Sprites, uh, who you guys can probably imagine what a Sprite is, and Pixies, Fairies, those kind of things. Coming about. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> and Life in the Feywild takes off from there. Uh, I guess just for a sense of, of scale time-wise, this is about 36,000 years ago in what is current day in uh, D&D Beyond. Okay. Um, and that was like the year negative 34,000. So in a... a Real world historical context, like way older than civilization. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's three like times as old as civilization. Uh, uh, three times older than farming, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> three and a yeah. half. Pixie sticks had no agriculture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they were a nomadic. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> Did they grow there? Like, you take scissors and you like cut it, and you have to like pull it up to your face real quick because all the sugar is falling out or? well it, it, I, I think you'd like cut it off with a vine like like bear grills it's just like oh oh it's so fresh just like sugar <laughs> pour, pouring <laughs> just uh like on his back like pixie stick held between his legs just dumping it into his own mouth that was the early days of the fae too so they were kind of barbaric they would like the bad fae they would like tie him down and grow the pixie sticks right through their back and out the front oh yeah yeah. Yeah. oh yeah plastic torture yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean these these tribal fae used every part of the pixie stick it's made out of the plastic straws (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so this is negative thirty four thousand dale reckoning uh, some 7,000 years later, would the first Fae migrate to Abertoral? So um, the Primordials uh, had, had, you know, the gods had created life. The Primordials split the one world into three worlds uh, and split life, the life that the gods had created with it. So uh, those Fae, that, that progenitor race, were created by the gods, presumably. Um, and when the Primordials split the Feywild into its own world, presumably they saw the Fey as too bright as well, and so also like sent them to their own places. Uh, so about uh, 7,000 years after uh, the Fey are kind of creating new life on, on the Feywild, uh, we have some migrating back to Abertoral. So traversing the plains, it only took them 7,000 years to, to master interdimensional travel, basically. Um, Better not. Be- a, a sight better than us, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so at the time, uh, dragons were the dominant race on Abertoral. Uh, so basically, these Fey come back, are migrating back, uh, and dragons are the only creatures they really meet. Uh, dragons in D anD D, some of them are good, some of them are bad, but they are extremely powerful, regardless of what you think. And Is it the- color dependent? Like, are some yeah. like like black dragons are default evil, and like. So are red dragons and shit, right? Or so are white dragons. Are oh, white as evil. well. Yeah, oh, so it's oh. it's all it's basically broken into two: metallic and chromatic 
Yeah. Uh, whereas right. chromatic is every color. Metallic is the shiny versions are the good ones. So gold, oh. gold is the metal is the counterpart to red. So gold, okay, so like gold, gold and red, silver, brass, bronze, dragon. Ex exactly. Guys. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So gold and red both breathe fire. Uh, it's just gold is good, red is bad. Okay. Basically. That aluminum foil dragon. Though, he's not quite as strong as the rest, but boy is he kind. You know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's like it's like he's like it's like the crumpled up aluminum folded into a decorative swan. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> You finish your dinner at a restaurant, they they fold it up into a dragon for you. And... Yeah. <laughs> One, like, two lopsided googly eyes on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, My mom was very proud of my aluminum foil dragon, you fucker. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's one of the good ones. We just said it. Yeah. So, um... The Fae come over, they run into dragons, and there's some conflicts with dragons, obviously, uh, as they're trying to establish a presence on Abertoral. Uh, needing reinforcements, the Fae bring over the first elves uh, to the continent to help them establish a presence. So elves were a Fae race originally, uh, lived entirely in the Feywild, and the Fae at some point brought them over specifically to help them fight dragons and to populate Abertoral with uh, featherless uh, chickens, or, or whatever uh, Pluto said. Uh, <laughs> um, so while the incursion of the Fae did not last long, many proto-elves remained in Abertoral and eventually become the elves we know today. So the okay. obviously because we know that the Fae don't uh, rule Earth, you know, the, the president of China is not a uh, many-antlered deer, uh, but instead a, <laughs> a, a, a but a mortal man. Um, I thought he was a bear. So, but a mortal stuffed bear. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so since we know that, that they didn't end up taking over Earth, uh, like obviously their war against the dragons didn't work, but a lot of elves stay, and that's why there's elves in, in the D&D the &D world today. Basically, because okay. the, the Fae brought their ancestors over at some point and then didn't give them a return ticket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we may not know who exactly these proto-Fae were, nor much about them, but we do know a fair amount, amount about the Fae who remain today. Uh, so the... Um, Ancient elves uh, diverge, uh, forming the elves of Abertoral. Uh, and then they also create the Eladrin, who are the elves who basically either stayed in the Feywild or returned with the, the Fey at the time. Um, so the Eladrin were a playable race in 4E. They're not in 5th edition, but they also could be. And you just use an elf stat block if you wanted. Um, but they're basically elves that have remained in the Feywild ever since, and so are okay. probably much more magical and much more tied to magic and emotions and things like that. Um, but uh, separate, uh, basically elf cousins. Cool. Um, other creatures, the pixie sticks we mentioned, redcaps. <laughs> redcaps are these, uh, they're kind of like garden gnomes. Uh, they <laughs> oh, they okay. wear, they have red hats, obviously, and they wear yeah. big uh, iron shoes, always. I um, had imagined them as like little mushroom guys. Yeah, so they, they kind of, they sprout up in the Feywild. Uh, they're spawned from uh, the blood of a person who is injured in the Feywild. So if you travel to the Feywild okay. and get cut, where your blood drops, uh, red cap mushrooms will sprout, essentially, and then those will, they'll just keep growing until they end up like these gnomes. Okay. Uh, 
These are. Now, these... Are you <laughs> responsible for these notes? Yeah. <laughs> you just cut yourself in the kitchen. Like, hurry, hurry, go outside. We're going to get red caps again. Like, we're going to yeah, be yeah. woken up by gnomes <laughs> in the night. Yeah. 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 A little clank. I'm going to be a like... dad. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's, just, it's just like, oh, damn, you get like a paper cut or something. And then all of a sudden, you've got child support payments for a whatever, like, foot tall bearded man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, they're not nice guys. They, these are unseely fae. Um, oh, okay. Basically, they cease to exist if they do not coat their caps in fresh blood every three days at least. So they have oh. to kill things and, and dunk, like dip their hat in the blood just to, otherwise, they'll just cease to be. They'll just disappear. I hate these they'll, guys. Uh, they'll Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Uh, oh, okay. Paid, yeah. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like you've got like the prom scene from Carrie and you've got the prom scene from. Uh, back to the, to the future. future. <laughs> what? Like you just need that. You, just, you need you need to dunk the pig's blood on them. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. When, when one of the red caps is whatever, like queen of the prom. Yeah, yeah. George <laughs> George McFly punches Biff, and Biff's like nose explodes in a shower of blood and sprays Marty McFly. Yeah, uh, who is then saved from. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how that movie went. Do you think there's like an unethical corporation just to create iron shoes where they're like? only bring them into life for three days yeah, yeah. and then watch them fade <laughs> away like just in pain like just yeah. like literally a blood farm just to get the shoes going but yeah yeah, um, yeah. the shoes yeah. stay yeah it's, knowing what corporations do where uh the, like currently in our world yes yeah Amy, i mean that, I guarantee, guarantee it yeah you know what pete you make a good point that is what nike does yeah, you're right. That's exactly. They absolutely do. Like we call yeah, them sweatshops, exactly. but Blood Farm would be a good name for them too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got so you've got they 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 need blood every three days, and they wear nothing but like Air Jordans, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just do it, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so the so those are some of the uh, some of the Fey. Uh, oh, I also listed Dryads, who are like. Uh, Spirits of trees, essentially. Hot, hot um, tree bitches, right? Hot, hot tree, hot tree uh, ladies, if you will. Um, yeah. Hags, things like that. These things called fomorians. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's lots of different kinds of fae. They come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, dryads have that song uh, "DAP," I think it's called. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dryad <laughs> pussy. <laughs> dryad. <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the most powerful creatures uh, are known as archfae. Uh, possessing of powers to rival the gods, the Archfey are able to manipulate the fabric of the Feywild and its magics to change reality. Uh, some of them, like Hirsum, the Prince of Fools, were pow pow are powerful Fey of an existing race. Uh, in Hirsum's case, he was basically the most powerful satyr. Uh, he is born of another Archfey in the earliest days of the Feywild. Okay. Uh, uh, other uh, Archfey, like Hirsum's father, Oberon, is ancient, said to be the awakened spirit of nature, or perhaps of a great forest. He's also known as the Green Lord, simply. Um, like, yeah, so the name Oberon might be familiar. Bonus points to whoever can tell me where it's from. You mentioned Midsummer's Night's Dream. I did, yeah. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, Midsummer it's... Night's Dream. There's too, I put too many possessive S's in there. Midsummer <laughs> Night's Dream, yeah. Midsummer's Night's Dreams. By Shakespeare's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> By Shakespeare's. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's king of the fairies in uh, in that. Yeah, uh, he's king of the fairies. Another arch archfey with a recognizable name, Titania. Titania. Yeah, the queen of summer, uh, who's uh, Oberon's wife in uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Also, Oberon's wife in uh, D and D lore. There are paired warframes as well, uh, Oberon and Titania, who oh, are nice. both kind of like naturey themed. 
Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, Oberon is the king of fairies in medieval and Renaissance literature. It's not specifically a Shakespeare thing, but he was a character in Shakespeare's play. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, the Archfey Baba Yaga. Um, do you guys I know like the story of? I know, know about the Baba Yaga. Arthur, because okay. the the Wait. like worldly girl who. So I know a bunch of the voice actors from Arthur because they're all sure. from Montreal, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know who did. I want to say Sue Ellen, who was like the girl whose parents took her around the world a lot. Anyway, sure. she th- that show introduced me to the Baba Yaga, which is like a witch who lives in a little hut that is astride two giant chicken legs that yeah. like just like runs through the forest. Exactly. <laughs> Um, one of the most recognizable, <laughs> one of the most recognizable characters from Slavic lore. It's Russian yes. folklore. Yeah, uh, she's a powerful witch who lives in a hut, uh, described as standing on chicken legs. Um, her depictions vary greatly across tales, ranging from a child-eating monster to helping a protagonist find his missing bride. She is what? probably the may, maybe the most folklore stories about any one character might be about Baba Yaga, um, just because she spans like Russian and Eastern European. Um, and she's basically in, I, I was, I spent a good amount of time on our Wikipedia page actually. Cause I, I found, I love Russian folklore specifically things like the Leshen and, and, and stuff like that. But, okay, yeah. um, Baba Yaga specifically, she has over what are called 70 story types that she's associated with, which is just like 70 different archetypes of folks, folk stories involve the Baba Yaga, not, <laughs> not 70 stories, but 70 like types she, she appears in and she appears in like thousands of individual stories range and like every village in russia would have like their own baba yaga story back in the, the day, most you know? written about woman in folklore is the baba yaga <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah so you got like the baba yaga's um like what's the jack jump over the candlestick thing like that's an old um what's, what's it <laughs> called away nursery, it's like a nursery rhyme or whatever yeah, yeah there's rhyme, yeah. you got your nursery rhymes you got baba yaga as an idiot so baba yaga walks into a bar yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why, why the bar has to be on bird legs as well, so she can yeah. cross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why did, why did Baba Yaga cross the road? Because she had chicken legs for her house, you know. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, yeah, so so these are just a few of the the inhabitants of the Feywild. Uh, another Archfey is um, the Queen of Air and Darkness, which is a uh, T.H. White, I think, who wrote uh, The Once and Future King. Uh, the sequel to that book was called The Queen of Air and Darkness. Uh, it comes from a poem in the 30s. Um, but yeah, these are these are Archfey. These are the most powerful ones. Um, after the break, uh, we could talk a bit more about the geography of the Feywild. Uh, and then we'll dive a bit into its history. But before then, here's a message from our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So welcome back. Uh, we're talking about the Feywild. Um, we talked a bit about the people who live there. Now we're going to jump into what the heck is it? Uh, I said it's like Oz or Wonderland or the spirit world from Avatar The Last Airbender. But what does that mean, huh? Yeah. Um, so it, it's an echo to the Prime Material Plane, uh, which basically means its geography is very similar to Toril's, but it's not identical. Uh, the Feywild is said to be much more beautiful, with taller mountains, rivers more meandering, and flowers blossoming in impossible colors, as well as more blues and purples, as Jamie would say. Um Sites does, and that just mean, does that just mean colors now or actually blues and purples? <laughs> yeah, blues and purples, whatever. <laughs> I, I like the idea of saying something is so beautiful because it's got more blue and purple in it. Oh, know? okay. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a purple stan. Purple and gold, top tier colors, as okay. far as I'm concerned. I like purple together. It was the color of my school that I went to, so it was like, we bleed purple was the whole thing. Uh, but blues and purples are just what I call colors now. Every time I go to the restaurant and I scream at the waitress to bring me the blues and purples so I can color on the mat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is this greens? Get it out of my sight. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about red? Because that's just a combination of blue and red. I or purple is just a combination of blue and red. I remember you used to say it was pretty fast. So I, I've often been been... Uh, one to advocate for the the speed of red. Red is fast. Well, yeah, red is the fastest color. I think it's pretty fair to say. Yeah. Um. I mean that it's that that Warhammer film they made, Cars, with uh, Lightning McQueen. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the Primark of the car. Yeah. <laughs> there's kind of, of like the cars. There's kind red, of like yeah. a like red means stop, but it also means fast. So there's kind of like this pushing of like two opposite ideas against each other and it's exciting i get you know? rock hard at a stop sign in a red car dude you you yeah. you know exactly <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. the tension it's it tension. is you're just like oh yeah <laughs> so right but so wrong <laughs> <laughs> so sites and locations in the feywild uh red or otherwise are also mirrored though the importance placed on them can vary drastically so a major city on toral with a sprawl of buildings and tens of thousands of people will exist in the same place in the Feywild. So if, okay. if, you, if you have the town of Tribor uh, in, on Toril, on the Sword Coast, there will be a Sword Coast in the Feywild, and there will be a town of Toril. Um, but again, what people who live in the Feywild feel about that town may impact how the town actually exists. So you'd so, have like the New York Stock Exchange in the human world, and then you'd have the O'Fallon, Missouri stock exchange in the Feywild, correct? Yeah. Where, like, exactly. the, the, the importance of every city has shifted drastically. Yeah. Um, while a... Go ahead. I think about it like whenever you dream about like your elementary school or some like a location from a really long time ago, but the layout's just a little bit different. You know, like there's yeah. a secret passage that wasn't quite there before and things like that. Yeah. But, yeah. I had a dream last night that Ethan was my roommate and we lived in oh, an yeah. apartment that was like a fusion of a bunch of apartments that both he and I had lived in, Hell like yeah. like par parts of mine's parts of his that I've been to. Oh. And for some reason, this dream was very quick. I remember I was sitting on the couch just like watching TV in a room from one of my apartments. And Ethan was in the kitchen from one of his apartments. And he just like <laughs> takes out like, 
like a Tupperware and he's just like, hey man, can I eat some of this popcorn chicken? And I was like, yeah, no problem. And then I just woke up. And it was like, <laughs> cool. It was like 3.30 in the morning. This was last night. He's <laughs> a vegetarian. Yeah. I know. You gotta that- love a good mundane dream, eh? Just yeah, like, exactly. oh, that was weird. <laughs> It was very, it was very low light too. I remember the rooms all being quite dark, but it was just like in this dream, Ethan and I lived together. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's mirrored locations. Uh, so a city in the in Toril might be not much in the not much to look at in the Feywild, whereas you know a large tree on Toril in the Feywild might be just like this, you know, giant you know tree which touches the sky and uh, has an entire like race of of fairy creatures living in it essentially okay Uh, and it's just the importance that those fairy creatures would have placed on that tree okay um even an area like the underdark uh which is a continent spanning series of cave beneath uh the continent of faerun on toril uh is mirrored in the feywild by a place called the feydark creatively um Still sprawling caves, the Fade Arc is full of bioluminescent plants and fungi. So it's much, again, just much brighter. Whereas uh, the Underdark is very, like, uh, grim, I guess, and dark all the time. And it's, you know, there's the Spider Queen Wolf and the Drow who live there. Mm -hmm. Um, The Fade Arc seems to be more like the the Skyrim Underdark, where you find, like, the the Crimson Nurn Root for the first time. Uh, Oh, yeah. There's huge, huge mushrooms which give off, like, a ton of light. That's kind of funny, like, the, 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 I don't know, like, how much I can talk, it's like, anyway, the, the theme of the Underdark in the Chris Pine D&D film is very much the Fey Dark and not the Underdark. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. It'd be a great place for a rave, because, like, all, all, you have, like, all these, like, glow-in-the-dark things, and then also, like, the whole world go, like, bases itself off of vibes, so they'd probably be like... It'd be like yeah, they have, new uh, glowy things. They have Darude Sandstorm play from the speakers around like the steeple at the mosque in the center of town. Prayer from the They just got it's just bells, but it's bells to the tune of. Dave oh my! Sandstorm. Oh, can you imagine like regular church-sized bells timed in such a way where the clappers could play Darude Sandstorm? <laughs> it's a lot of the same note over and over again. So you'd probably need yeah. multiple bells. I'm thinking like maybe you get bells like alongside of what like basically like a roller coaster that has a hammer sticking off the side of it. So it just yeah. hits all the bells on the way down. Maybe yeah. I'm thinking too much of like how to make songs in like Stardew Valley and Minecraft and stuff like that. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking yeah. of like the actual an actual church bell, which like, you know, has like the, the, the gears and the rope that rock it and the clapper is the thing that makes the sound when it actually hits the walls. Yeah. I wasn't thinking of like I wasn't thinking of like a chime where that you would obviously install next to your roller coaster there's a that problem though, <laughs> with that one big bell you can't hit it fat like it rings for so long you can't hit it fast enough to go like you know what i mean so you almost you can have multiple, multiple bells, bells though in the one yeah. you can have multiple bells in the one mechanism though a lot yeah, of that's, more, that's, more that's elaborate churches thinking. will yeah yeah oh. that that's what i was thinking was like okay. multiple bells because yeah. I, I again i was not thinking of a chime with a no. <laughs> with a track next to it obviously Nox, yeah knox <laughs> presbyterian in the town that we grew up might be too small to have multiple bells but a lot of bigger churches will yeah. right <laughs> okay whenever we have our our lore church uh we can work yeah. it out yeah 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 well yeah we're not we're not opening a lore church in, until we figure out how to make Darude Sandstorm play on the bells. We could well, start also, with like... an amusement park. So just in case the roller coaster doesn't work out, we could yeah. 
fall Moral back into. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I think once we get to the point where we are making enough money on patreon.com slash the lore boys that we need to worry about tax evasion, then we'll start a church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, so, the Feywild. Uh, despite landmarks crossing over between the two worlds, understanding the geography of Toril won't necessarily help you navigate the Feywild. Kind of like I said before, distances and locations are kind of a suggestion. Um, distances are said to twist incomprehensibly while a journey from A to B might take you an hour on foot traveling the same route from B to A could inexplicably take 10 times as long Apple Maps would immediately crash your phone in that case yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. who Uh, knows how far the popcorn chicken is away even if you are just in the living room (laughs) (laughs) when Ethan's eating my popcorn chicken in my dreams And uh, Apple Maps in the Feywild is, of course, just maps drawn on apples that grow on the map tree. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And they, like, light up on little, like, paths on it. Yeah, that'd be cute. It's all written in, like, like little bioluminescent caterpillars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While a lot of the Feywild will share a one-to-one geography with the Prime Material Plane, the biggest differences often come from the powers that be in either realm. Um, Like I said before, the elves are said to have originated in the Feywild. Uh, though millennia ago, there was a diaspora of all but the Eladrin. Uh, the Eladrin who remained have maintained citadels and even kingdoms in the Feywild. Pieces of their domain, such as the Eladrin settlement of New Sharandar, uh, the hidden city of Evereska, or the entire kingdom of Evermeet, uh, were even built at places where the veil between the uh, Feywild and the Prime Material Plane wear thin. Uh, meaning Evereska that they're able- sounds like tap water that you, it does, yeah. a, that you would sell in a bottle. <laughs> um, it basically... The fact that they built these cities here uh, means that the cities exist in in both planes. So that there's li- there's literally the city of New Sharandar on Toril and also in the Feywild. Um, oh, okay. And you and for a lot of like the Eladrin, it's really easy for them to kind of like move back and forth, like in the same city, just like crossing the street, crossing in like separate dimensions, essentially. Cool. Uh, making things harder to pop into the Feywild for a visit is the perception of time within the plane. Uh, while visiting the Feywild, time passes normally for you, uh, relatively. Uh, but for your friends and loved ones back home, it wouldn't be the same. Uh, so normally time in the Feywild seems to pass much slower, with much more relative time passing in the prime material plane compared to the time you're experiencing. Uh, Wait, so when you go in and you came back and if it was like one minute, in the real world, is it like two minutes or is it 30 seconds? Like is it? It could be like two minutes. It could be. It, it could be two minutes. It could be ten years. It's, it's really hard to say. Okay. Or it could be thirty seconds. It so seems you're gonna lose often. more. Oh wait, sorry. Yeah. Okay. It seems most often you lose time. It okay. is possible that you actually gain time, but mm-hmm. most often you lose time. So, okay. Okay. uh, you you can go see a play in the Feywild that you know some open air amphitheater, uh, and like your <laughs> children can grow old and die in that time, in like the, the yeah. hour and a half that you're there. Oh, in the no. Feywild in their theater, they don't have the fairy king and the fairy queen, they just have the king and the queen because it's their yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them, they have no wings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like Jamie's idea that it's just like, oh yeah, it's just like, oh no, it's such a it's such a crazy dimension. One minute there is two minutes here. Yeah. I'm gonna be slightly late for most of my appointments <laughs> that's what could go fast though like a week two weeks your year so, so your that's life the thing out. yeah with, with only the one point of reference uh one minute to two minutes with only the single point of data 
We don't know if it's uh, double the time or if it's just one minute more. That's true, yeah. <laughs> one more, it's, if you say a week oh. in the Feywild, you, a week and one minute has passed. Back yeah. <laughs> you always lose a minute in transit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, remember, to, it's like, remember to change your clocks, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, again, the, the losing time is not a firm rule. Sometimes time can pass quicker in the Feywild as well, with you enjoying most of a lifetime only return uh, only to return to Abril Toral to find that home has barely moved on without you. Hello, um, son. I'm going to a show in the Feywild. Here is eight birthday presents, just yeah, in case. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just in um, case I missed them. Uh, so, Loreboy's canon. Um, since the magical properties of the Feywild is tied to the emotions uh, of the inhabitants, which is canonized and, and something that's been established. Time flies I when like you're having fun. I like to think that time flies when you're having fun. So oh. I think that your perspe- your perception of time passing is faster on slow or slower depending on your own emotions. Oh, uh, right. If you're eager or anxious to get back home, I like to think that time would probably move quicker. Like if you're trying really hard to get out of the Feywild and get back home, it's probably making time go slower for you. Yeah, I was going to say it would make it go slower in that case because like when you're anxious, it does feel like things are moving slower moving too, like an, an hour yeah, take yeah. five you're, hours basically you're moving you're moving slower but everything else is moving too fast and like you yeah. can't keep up with stuff um it's also like a twist of irony which seems like very appropriate for the feywild it's all about like pranks and mischievousness and like the fact that the plane would play a joke on you like haha you wanted to get back before your family died of old age <laughs> gotcha uh, just like, yeah <laughs> very, very thematic i think um this the time that you lose also seems to exist in like a planar tab. Uh, the bill needs to get paid when you leave. Uh, so many who venture into the Feywild return to find themselves just utterly exhausted or dying of hunger or thirst. Um, some some people, if you spend enough time in the Feywild, you'll come back and you'll just crumble to dust because it's just like too much time has passed, oh okay. and your your body in the back in the prime material plane is trying to like readjust to the timeline and you just age like 80 years. It, it is. Effect. It is like a rave there. That is the, it's that it's the MDMA <laughs> crash. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about the trickster side of things or like the pranks and stuff. I just picture like this little maneuver is going to cost us 51 years. Goes in, like slips on a banana peel, lands on a whoopee cushion, goes back yeah, and his yeah. family's dead. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cr- cr- crushes, crushes his pixie sticks. Uh, that's a little cut on his finger and these friggin' like garden gnomes pop up to laugh at him. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> crushes his pixie stick. Yeah, <laughs> jean pockets are just filled with sour powder. He's like, oh god damn it, not again. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my old school, we never outlived our children. Yeah. <laughs> um, so many people without an ancestry to the Fae uh, or the creatures who inhabit it. Uh, the Feywild, uh, in general, uh, also will find their memories completely wiped upon returning uh, from a visit to the Feywild. So, um, you know, the in-game canon is, uh, or the in-game mechanics, I guess, is like if your characters, if you're the DM and your characters go to the Feywild and then they return to the Prime Material Plane, usually you have them roll a wisdom save to try and retain their memories. Mm. Otherwise, it's like they just forget everything that happened while they were there, basically. What happens in the Feywild stays in Feywild. Exactly. All right, yeah. Uh, So if those are the risks, what are the rewards for visiting the Feywild, right? Uh, For many magic users, the arcane is said to fester in the Feywild, and powerful magical sources can be found for those trying to cast the thickest of spells. Uh, what, whatever causes the magic here to be more powerful is probably the reason that so many of the Fey are infused with magic. 
Um, again, kind of a lower boys canon. I like to think the bright that the primordial saw was probably like some form of magic, which just means it's a more magical plane generally. Um, is kind then, of a gross word. You said it like the the magic festers <laughs> there. Like it's like yeah, yeah. spoiler. That's what maggots do. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and um, fruit flies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, non-magical visitors to the plane likely still feel the effects of that magic, which is kind of just everywhere. Most who return and retain their memories report heightened senses and sensations. Uh, a rose might smell sweeter, but shadows are also darker and perhaps stretch further and are perhaps scarier in general. So uh, good emotions are heightened, but bad emotions are also heightened. This is um, a rave. They're just taking yeah, yeah. some <laughs> exactly. mind altering. The, the key is to never stop partying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try not to K-hole. That's, that's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Uh, so for some, like the star elves, uh, they're, you know, this race of elves who, uh, grew up on Toril, um, as all elves did, not, not Eladrin. Uh, they actually returned to the Feywild. Uh, basically they were driven out of their home on Toril called the Eurwood, uh, by humans. There's war with humans. So they left and went to the Feywild. Uh, eventually they like split their what they called the Silda Ewer, uh, which was their home on the Feywild. They split it off and created its own pocket dimension. And then during the spell plague, it got like snapped back in, but it uh, gets a little crazy. But just to say like some people or some elves have returned to the Feywild to try and escape Toril because they can kind of exist there more easily since it's okay. it's in their blood, it's in their genes. After their like pirate radio party yacht that uh, just got sucked back into the dimension, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the Sillier itself is like hundreds of miles of untamed forest. Uh, the only thing breaking up the, the scenery is these huge glass citadels that the Star Elves live in. Whoa. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it because I, I mean, I just started playing Oblivion again today, but like the glass armor from the Elves was always like so strange to me. But when yeah. I, when I read that, I had the same thought. I was just like, man, what is with Elves and glass, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, knowing the source of the Elder Scrolls, they definitely took that from D and D. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, in the Elder Scrolls, it's volcanic glass, so yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. It's harder to break. Or it something. is. Yeah. Exactly. It's, hard. <laughs> it's it's not just like a it, like a chainmail made of like window material. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, It'd be like a wind chime. You're just like walking around with wind chimes like strapped to <laughs> you. Like... <laughs> stealth a hundred. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the glass armor is light armor. It's the ultimate for a yeah. stealth build. Yeah. yeah. Um. So despite the various towns and cities, the majority of life in the Feywild lives pretty chaotically, not without the, you know, the order that comes with a town or city. Uh, the Pantheon is made up of two factions of variously chaotic gods and forces known as the Seelie and Unseelie Courts, which I mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, the Seelie Court is the good aligned court. It's split into two groups, the inner circle and the outer circle, representing major and lesser good divine of the Feywild. Uh, the inner circle is not necessarily more powerful than the outer, uh, it's just that the inner circle is those who pay direct homage to the uh, greatest among them, Titania. Um, the inner circle of Sylvan gods respect Titania as queen and defer to her in matters of judgment. The outer circle of gods, like Skerritt, god of centaurs, uh, do not follow Titania, but there's a mutual respect between them. So okay. the Seelie court uh, is, is ruled by Titania, who's sometimes called uh, queen of the summer court. Um, but there are those who are among it who don't necessarily view her as a queen, just view her as another powerful archfey. Okay. On the other side of the Pantheon is the creatively named Unseelie Court. It's a mirror opposite where the Seelie Court is a place of laughter and frolicking that you'd expect from fairies and satyrs. The Unseelie Court is a place of hatred and malice. 
and no, no pixie, pants loops. Exactly, pixie <laughs> pixie sticks growing through people's bodies and things like that. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mythbusters, uh, like they've got the the gelatin dummy over top <laughs> of <the> pixie sticks. <laughs> Just pixie sticks not growing because they don't grow. <laughs> <laughs> People being waterboarded with Sprite or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my nose. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a comedian, Todd Glass, who on the um, like Daniel Tosh show got uh, waterboarded with lemonade. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he, he lasted like half a second, which apparently everybody who gets waterboarded lasts. It was like, yeah, I could take that. They last like half a second. Yeah, because um, yeah, apparently it simulates drowning or something yeah, like that. It, yeah. It's yeah. like people you instantly tap, panic. Yeah, people tap out instantly. It's, it's your brain overrides whatever conscious part of you yeah. th- thinks that you can or knows that you're safe, and it's just like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's just like, he gets up, he's just like, well, the waterboarding wasn't that bad, but the lemon is just burning the back of my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the Unseelie Court is located in an, an immense cavern of black stone full of stalagmites and stalactites, uh, all surrounding a single mountainous stalagmite upon which a throne stands. Uh, the throne is for the Queen of Air and Darkness, who I've mentioned before, the evil Archfey and one sister of Titania. Slagmites um, from the ground, right? It's like tight, yeah. tight T top M bottom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, always, I always remember G ground C steel, C ceiling, but okay, uh, oh, okay, whatever works for you. Okay, like uh, astronomy and astrology. Uh, I remember that astronomy is the scientific study of the stars and planetary bodies, okay. and astrology is the uh, like star signs and right. you know. Mercury, Mercury and retrograde, and I remember it because L to me stands for lies, and astrology is the best. There's crevice, crevasse too for ones in ice and ones in ground, and the one that has ice in the word crevice is actually in the ground, and crevasse. Is yeah, in exactly. Ice. Yeah, yeah. You got to remember crev- crevice, crevasse is the opposite of what you think. What, um, when will you ever need to say that shit though? Other than on a podcast, <laughs> just to show off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like it's like being in math class. It's like, well, the, another day without using exponents. It's like another yeah. day without falling into a crevasse. Yeah. <laughs> you mean like, crevice, idiot? Yeah. <laughs> you have like five minutes left on your cell phone, and you say crevice instead of crevasse, and they never find you. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were looking at ice. Yeah. Uh, so the Queen of Air and Darkness is the uh, the queen of the Unseelie Court. She's evil. She was once the sister of Titania. Um, as the story goes, she wasn't always wicked. Um, so there is kind of this story about these dwarves bringing this gift to her, uh, which turns her evil. Um, who those dwarves were? No idea. I, the gift, it is mentioned in... Um, this book, Carl Sargent's Monster Mythology, which was published in 1992. Is it like um, a Munchkin Guild or whatever? Or no, the like Lollipop Guild from like yeah. from Oz. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't know. Like I could not find. I found one reference to those dwarves, and then everywhere else it like referenced the gift that they brought, but nowhere else said like they brought it. So okay, um, it's just so she's corrupted by this gift, which is known as the Black Diamond. Uh, so from Carl Sargent's Monster Mythology, nineteen ninety two, uh, the wretched queen of air and darkness haunts the unseelie court in pandemonium as a hovering unseen but very definitive definitely perceived malign magical presence from her twisted throne. She snaps her fingers to her enslaved evil elven and fairy servitors, the mindless undead, which perform menial duties and which the evil fairies she torments can themselves torment in their turn and to the hellhounds and yeth hounds who slaver at her feet. 
the What's clean a hound? Uh, it's the a, a creature, a evil okay. creature, basically. Um, the queen is truly only a husk of a being, utterly corrupted by the ten-faceted black diamond, an artifact of vast magical strength and ineffable evil. The queen deals with no other evil deities and simply ignores them. Wretched beyond any hope of her own physical death, the soul-dead queen is driven to destroy what she herself once was, to drive the Seely Court and the deep sylvan races down into darkness and destruction, leaving only the shells of their bodies remaining. Who or what created the Black Diamond is unknown, but some myths whisper that the dark god of the Underdark created it, and that his return may be dependent on the queen's despoilings. Okay. So, again, where it came from is pretty unknown. It's, you know, this guy or <laughs> this real world person is saying maybe it came from uh the dark god of the underdark but i i just don't think it's been canonized or defined yet for sure something <laughs> within his own fiction yeah exactly I, and i mean like the world of DD and the world of faerun and the forgotten realms is all like collaborative storytelling where hundreds of authors at this point have you know published things which which say certain things and when you play your game you can decide it comes from whoever the fuck you want it to right yeah, yeah. uh in mine it comes from peter obviously uh <laughs> the, the big the big baddie in all my campaigns is, is Pete. Uh, him and his uh, tinfoil dragon that he rides yeah. around yeah. oh wait that's a good one uh what's a bad one i don't know what's the wax what's paper the... dragon what yeah <laughs> Out of the, the out of the, the kitchen drawer dragons, the wax paper is evil. Tin foil is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, wax paper is definitely the unshiny aluminum foil. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so the Queen of Air Darkness, uh, clearly a pretty unpleasant lady. Uh, not one you'd want to come across if you find yourself in the Feywild, probably. Uh, the twin goddesses of the Feywild mirror its inhabitants, who range wildly from the kindest folk to the most vicious creatures. Though all are twinged with a sort of mischievousness, which, like I said before, kind of defines the plane. Um, those who belong to Titania's Seely Court are known as Seely Fae, uh, generally good aligned, often honorable to visitors of the Feywild, though they do not welcome non-Fae to join their court. So if you visit the Feywild and you run into a Seely Satyr or, or uh, a Seely Pixie, they'll be nice to you. They might play some pranks on you, but they'll be of the harmless variety. Banana okay. peels, uh, whoopee cushions, kind of like uh, Jamie said. Um, those, who, those who follow the Queen of Air and Darkness are part of her unSeely Court, uh, evil aligned and represent the more dangerous or macabre places in the natural world. Um, again, bogs, things like that, right? Uh, less trusting of visitors to the Feywild inherently, so they're they're slower to trust, but they are known to more often invite non-Fae to join their court. Uh, this is probably because uh, they can recognize power better, maybe, but like they might enjoy invite a demon to to join the Unseelie Fae and like sit on the court and and be a presence there. Um, which I thought was like an interesting parallel where you, you get invited to the parties uh, of the Seelie court, but you don't get invited to the parties of the Unseelie court, but you get invited to parliament of the Unseelie court and you don't okay. get invited to parliament <laughs> at the, at the Seelie court. Uh, so the latter, the Unseelie court is often hard at work to undermine the, the Seelie court, though it's more often through games and cruel mischief than open violence and, and bloodshed. Again, the Feywild really is like chaos embodied more than okay. uh, if you guys remember the the D alignment chart it's you know uh, a a two direction two directional yeah. grid where there's uh good and evil at, at opposite ends of the spectrum and then there's lawful and chaotic at opposite ends of the spectral you can have good and you can have evil in equaling equal amounts in the feywild uh but 
generally you don't get law, you don't get order. You, it's all chaos kind of thing. So uh, there's not really like a concerted effort to destroy the Sealy Court. It's more just like, hey, this one evil elf is going to decide to go out and uh, play a prank, which involves a bear trap and a punji pit smeared with uh, elven feces, I guess. Uh, oh God, <laughs> you know, and it's like, hi, ep- epic prank. Fell in a fell in a tiger trap. <laughs> <laughs> bear trap infected with feces and then pie on the face oh that one was yeah. cute yeah. Yeah. Classic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's the uh it's the classic like um you leave the door open a crack and there's a bucket of water at the top but it's like just acid in the bucket instead of water essentially uh, so, yeah. classic um there are some uh the fomorians and the hags who i mentioned earlier who are considered and i love this line they're considered too ugly for either and they're not they're not even welcome among the unseelie court (laughs) oh no yeah just you're you're too ugly um could you imagine if we had if we had a standard where you're too ugly to be a politician oh i mean maybe it would help i don't know yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah the fomorians are an interesting uh people just before we wrap up um, they were once the most handsome of all the giant races. Uh, now they're twisted to horrible echoes of their former selves. Uh, they once lived in the Feywild and were allied with the elves, though over time, a lust for magic and the power that it brought drove them to try and conquer all of the Feywild to twist it to their own means. Uh, they sought to enslave the inhabitants of the Feywild and take their magic for themselves. The Fey folk fought back, and when the, they defeated the giants, they placed a curse upon them and their descendants. This warped their bodies to reflect the evil within and rob them of their spellcasting abilities. Since the Fomorians have primarily lived beneath the surface of the of the Feywild in the Feydark, um, and they're just these like horribly grotesque-looking giants. Essentially, they they have like um, gray purple skin, which I know we said purple is beautiful, but this is like an ugly purple. Uh, and they're just like covered in like random boils and and tumors and oh. and they have these like bulging yellow eyes, kind of like bulging to either side of their. Uh, either side of their head they're uh i thought it was they're pretty be, like ironic or whatever since it's like the trickster like they used to have a really nice strong jaw but now it's just like an overpronounced jaw that like yeah, yeah. They, they bump <laughs> on everything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh they they've uh, they were unchatted and turned into virgins basically yeah right i mean but that's i mean that's basically what they were because they were like the most beautiful giant race like they were known as that they were the most powerful magically uh, and okay. the, curse, the curse specifically made them butt ugly and took away their ability to cast spells. Butt ugly uh, Martians, eh? Um, yeah. The um, Fomorian also is a supernatural race from Irish mythology. I googled it. Oh, uh, cool. I, I Jamie pulled up the clip because Fomorian is used. I, I didn't mean to bring it up twice now, but like in Warframe, there's a different thing as well. But it's it's like a machine. Um, mm-hmm. But also, yeah, also like a Celtic myth thing, uh, where they are sub- subterranean horrors uh, in in Irish folk myth. <laughs> in Irish myth, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's my episode on the Feywild. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned something. Uh, if you liked the episode, like I said at the top, head on over to the Discord to let me know and let me know if you want to hear follow ups. If you want to hear more info on any of these things, I'd love to talk more about it. Uh, but until then, you can listen to Pete let you know about what he's going on got going on in the world uh yeah uh uh, instagram.com slash the lore voice that's not that's not how that site works uh (laughs) at lore voice podcast on instagram if you want to see the title cards uh and then yeah loreboys.com slash about for merch if you want to request merch which i have been a little slow to update 
uh, here and there. Uh, it's basically it's basically just like on a request, like I would like a sticker of this, and I'm like I'll get to it. Um, there is a T Public website, T Public slash the Lower Boys, where you can buy shirts or stickers or whatever. It's all got uh, original drawings uh, by yours truly. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it for me. Leave us a review. Um, of course, with that alg- the almighty algorithm, uh, five stars goes way further than anything else, frankly. Um, yeah, Jimbo. Yeah, Jamie. Lordboys.com slash about. Get in the Discord, and I'll call you my little pog champ. That's all. Yeah, woohoo, poggers gaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you like the episode, you like the show, you want to support us, um, best way to do it is probably to leave us a review. The next best way to do it is, of course, to give us money. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash the loreboys. Uh, you'll find more info about our various tiers there. Oh, that um, reminds me, actually, uh, on the direct subject of the Patreon, one, thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, I've, it, there's a couple of our patrons who have not responded to any of my messages to try and send them benefits. Uh, if you are in a tier that you deserve something that you have paid for, please reach out to us because I need to. I, I need to. I would like to send you what you like truly, truly deserve. And there's uh, three guys now uh, whose names I really should have looked up that... Um, Kind of just like money and ghosted, so I would yeah. like to give them what to... Or don't. If you want to ghost Pete, keep ghosting Pete. I do it all yeah. the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you don't trust Patreon and you don't want Pete hounding you all the time to freaking do stuff for him, like tell him what you want, then uh, <laughs> we, we do have Lore Boys Prime where uh, we are, of course, uh, selling our homemade pixie sticks. Um, guaranteed to have uh, been in grown in the body of deceased people where, where they they festered to life, essentially. Uh, we've been visiting our local haunts and cemeteries to uh, get the bodies to grow these pixie sticks in. Uh, and we want to get them to you. So all you guys got to do is, is sign up for the low, low price of... How much does a pixie stick cost? I know it was like five cents when I was a kid. Mm. Must be like 15 now. I mean, with inflation, it's probably like seven cents, frankly. <laughs> 25. Uh, yeah, a quarter. 25. I'd say, like, we can charge 25, and I'll pick out as many of the red caps as I can from the bloody... Yeah, exactly. They're not not guaranteed red cap free, but we do do our best to control the number of red caps that... that You know, we've got, like, metal straws and metal... uh, Like, metal straws and and paper straws at this point. Like, when are we coming for pixie sticks? (laughs) The the next thing we're going to see is a sea turtle with a pixie stick stuck in its fucking nose. And, like, you just get, like... And, like, a little paper thing would be easier to tear anyway <laughs> it's not a direct downgrade yeah. from a normal straw that makes your fucking whatever your iced coffee at tim hortons just taste like wet paper yeah whenever <laughs> now whenever you're sitting at a coffee shop and just like hucking back pixie sticks people will be able to like shake their head at you for more than one reason because you have yeah, the plastic exactly. sticks <laughs> and it's now yeah. a moral thing yeah i'd like yeah. it if this show started the uh the paper pixie stick movement their, their crusade true. against plastic pixie sticks yeah, yeah i'm, I'm exactly. all for it Yep. Uh, I guess that constitutes a lore boys. Lore boys. Out. 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 Down with Big Pixie, man. Down with Big My name's James, and, um, yeah. What about you guys? 
<laughs> well, I don't know about this guy, but my name's Ethan. Hmm? What about yeah. you, guy, huh? <laughs> uh, my name's Peter. I'm hoping to give out at least barely enough audio to see if it's coming through all right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.